0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today we're back in the podcast studio. I've got a special guest for our audience coming to us all the way from one of my favorite places in the country, believe it or not. We were talking before we hit record here, but coming to us from Colorado Springs, Colorado, Rich Serrano. Rich, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Dino. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being a guest on the Project Purple podcast. As I said, uh, I know we talked briefly how I've been to Colorado Springs. We actually used to do a five k out in Colorado Springs. Uh, beautiful part of the country. You got the Air Force Base. You got the Garden of the Gods. Um, you, I, I love Colorado. I know you said you've been there about ten years, and so uh, it's a really really cool state. And you know, it's it's. I think it was, and I don't know if this is accurate. You've lived there clearly. Longer than I've ever probably set, you know, for the time I've been in Colorado. But I know there's been times, and I'm gonna get my point here, where it's like the most sunniest place in the in the in the country. They say right, like there's more sunshine days in Colorado than most places. I think maybe San Diego, maybe, but um, yeah, yeah. But I just remember one year I went and I landed in Denver, and there was like a snowstorm like the week before, and it was in the spring. And all that was left was like a little pile of snow in some big parking lot, you know? But it, it was like sunny the next week. It was like 65 and 75 and, you know, uh, just beautiful part of the country and and great, great place to live um, if you like being outdoors. So, yeah. Well, Rich, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. I know we connected via social media where I, I find a lot of our guests. Um, I'm excited to have you on and and to share your journey with pancreatic cancer. So, what is always uh, the first thing we do on this podcast is our guests get the first opportunity to kind of share their journey, why they're coming to us here on the podcast. And as I said before we hit record, but I'll say it here again is, you know, you can go as far back as you want. You can stay as high level as you want. And uh, with that, the mic is yours.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, Dino. Well, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'll keep it to, you know, what is the, the topic at hand that being uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, you know, cancer is something that no one signs up for, uh, you know, period. So I, I wasn't ready for it as I'm sure, I mean, no one is, no, no one is ever ready for it. It's, it, it's kind of like, you know, (laughs) I don't know the, the, the market or, uh, you know, they they trying to anticipate, um, you know, the weather even in, in Colorado, you know, ironically enough, it's, it's. Really, you can do what you will. You can you can be as healthy as you can be. Um, you know, having been in Colorado, I really soaked that in uh, heavily. I, I mean, I, I I soaked it in. Colorado is not only one of the one of the sunniest states in in the U.S., but it's also one of the healthiest. Um, and and it's been, to my knowledge, at least since I've been here. Uh, and then some. I mean, each of the cities individually. Uh, I know Colorado Springs, statistically speaking, uh, it did have uh, – it was actually rated for uh, highest quality of life at one point. So, I, you know, I, I read into all of this. I did my research, um, you know, when, when having considered moving out here. And, you know, it, as far as cancer is concerned, you know, going back, you know, touching back is you, you really just can't – you can't anticipate it. You know, you, you can do things like eat healthy, which I did. Uh, you can do things like, you know, not smoke, which, which I did. You know, I quit smoking actually. I, I had for a little bit when I was a teen, as I'm sure a lot of people do, um, you know, or, or, you know, dabble in one, one thing or another, uh, alcohol abuse or, or, or even sugar, you know, sugar literally is one of, one of the main, uh, we'll say foods, uh, for, for tumors actually, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, you, you may not eat or you may not smoke. You may not drink. You may not necessarily eat fried foods or anything, but even if, even just, you know, spoiling yourself to, to sugar, you know, is is something that you, you may not think of, or you overthink. So, you know, again, just going back to, to my journey, I had no clue what to anticipate um, in any of this. I I lived a healthy lifestyle as best as I could. I just did Things. You know, I lived my life. I I I worked my, my full time job. Uh, I did my mountain biking thing. I did the mountain climbing thing. I have a jeep, of course. You know, anything and everything. Full drive, tenting. You know, tank camping. Uh, all of that. Anything and everything. I love it. I really do. I, I've soaked it in and then some. Uh, and I share it with anybody that that comes to visit. But uh, but this definitely came out of left field. You know, I I I'll uh, I'll go ahead and start with with from the very beginning, um, I turned yellow, you know, I, I turned yellow. A a lot of people, uh, don't understand what jaundice is unless they've maybe had a child, uh, who, who had it when they were first born, you know, there, there are children that have maybe kidney problems or, you know, something of of that issue. And so, you know, a a newborn may have maybe jaundice or turn yellow. You'll see it in their face. You'll see it in, you know, in their eyes even. And, uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll never forget. It. I was just hanging out at, at the local tavern, you know, local bar. I was just hanging, uh, grabbing, grabbing a beer, cheese curds, hanging out with a friend. And they they turn to me and they look at me and and they they kind of lean in and they say, "Rich, you know, they, there's there's something going on with your eyes. You know what? It, maybe it's the light, but your eyes look yellow. Um, you know, you look tan. It, you know, you look more tan than than normal. And this was. Uh, this was just after what was this, the, the winter season. You know my, my diagnosis was actually in June and I hadn't necessarily traveled anywhere. so he's like, why why are you looking this shade of you know yellow, this tan, this, this yellow in your eyes, et cetera, et etc. I had no clue I wasn't feeling ill necessarily either. So I just kind of overlooked it. Um, Did't think anything of it. Later on, uh, as the, the, week, the week went on, I then progressively got more yellow. Uh, and that's when, when things kind of started to take a turn and that's when I started to feel things, um, that what, what was going on was my gallbladder was shutting down. Um, you know, as far as GI stuff, uh, gastrointestinal, anything and everything, it kind of all starts at the top. And, and, uh, you know, though most people would think, you know, your food, you eat your food and then it, it drops into your stomach, you know, there, there's a little bit before that kind of, and there, there are other organs that all play into, a, into effect as to how you're, you're going to digest the food, your gallbladder, uh, it holds, it's a, it's like a storage of, for the, your bile, your bile helps digest what is greasy foods, um, et cetera. So, you know, just given that background on that, uh, basically, uh, you know, he, here I am, I have this gallbladder, I'm just continuing to eat as I normally had, you know, regular beers, regular, you know, regular drinks, regular foods, not necessarily super unhealthy and still with an active lifestyle. So it was really light. Everything kind of took a little while to hit. And, and even, even when it did, it, it wasn't, uh, in a traditional sense. So, um, again, reverting, you know, going back to me being yellow I, I go to urgent care. You know, I finally, I finally start feeling something. I start feeling the sharp pain in my gut, in my upper quadrants, my upper left and, and right quadrants. It's just a really, really sharp pain. I didn't understand what was going on. They started running labs, um, you know, just testing my, my urine, testing my, uh, my blood overall. Um, I didn't know what they were testing for necessarily either. Um, you know, I was basically kind of in a, in a similar boat to, to many where, I didn't know what jaundice even meant, you know, still here I am in urgent care. I'm feeling a little, you know, sick, sick to my stomach. Maybe it's a fever. Maybe it's a flu. Maybe it's a new, you know, version of, I don't know, COVID or something, you know, God forbid, or like some symptom I hadn't read uh, about, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. Um, So I'm just sitting here confused, kind of scared. One thing, you know, leads to another and they're, they're, you know, sending, sending these tests back. Uh, I get a call later again, then later that week from my nurse and uh, and I remember being in my car and they tell me, Rich, you need to go to the emergency room right now. Like immediately. And I was sitting, I was sitting in the parking lot when they said that. And, and so I go ahead and call my manager and, uh, and I let him know, well, I'm sorry, Michael, you know, I can't, can't make it in. I gotta, <laughs> I've got to go to the emergency room. Uh, you know, the urgent care that I just went to tells me that there's something wrong. So I, I go in and of course my chart and, and labs already beat me there, that you know, being all the results that they collected, they sent it to the hospital then, uh, that, that they, that I went to, um, that hospital then immediately, you know, got me all strapped up with an IV. Uh, had me admitted immediately. I didn't know what was going on necessarily. You know, here I am just kind of just a deer in headlights. Um, and again, yellow sharp pains. They're fee- They're starting to feed me uh, medicines um, to to kind of kind of dull one thing or another. It, things like dilated. Things like morphine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the pain meds and whatnot to kind of smooth smooth out that pain because it started to get bad. It started to progress and, and really started to snowball a little bit. Even um, still, not to to the eleven. You know, I'm I'm being really you know i'm kind of moving up there there's a chart if you will and there there's a a level of severity where it it, it ultimately just just takes me out just kind of cripples me but um
0: so i i just want to jump in here real quick rich sure, sure. you said it, this was uh started like late winter into the spring what year was this was this 2021
1: 2020 2021 this was 20 uh
0: 2021.
1: Okay. Yeah. I got my, my formal diagnosis was 2021. Uh, all of which that I'm referring to was in the spring. So like very much was, you know, almost literally a year ago.
0: A year ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah so, so we were
0: ne- it's like, you mentioned COVID. So we were kind of knee deep. I mean, I guess vaccines were starting to roll out then, but not fully rolled out to where they are, where they were. I mean, I I don't know the timeline, but I know we didn't really get fully rolled out. To, I think to the summertime.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and you know, so there was a lot of scare there. There was a lot of yep. like development with even
0: new new strains um, and like who knows? Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on at the time.
1: It was it was it was kind of wild, and and you know, it, with that, they were all scared of me at the same time. You know, not knowing what was going on with me, but uh, but they knew they knew. You know, ultimately. And, and, you know, was it, did they know that it was cancer? No, not necessarily, but they knew that it was, it was, that something was very wrong. Uh, and, and I even, I picked that up even on, uh, from what was the nurse at the, at the, uh, urgent care. Urgent care. In, yeah. The urgent care, there was, there was like a, a light that turned on in her eyes. And I saw it when she looked at my results and there was something there that, that she kind of connected the dots and just knew that, Something wasn't right, um, you know. Again, it, it was pancreatic cancer uh, wasn't even something wasn't even beginning to be a consideration just yet. But what well, the issues that was happening that were happening with me, uh, as far as my gallbladder, the cholecystitis that you know ultimately came to my cholecystectomy. You know, ultimately what what this all resulted in was the removal of my gallbladder or the uh, cholecystectomy. Um, you know, like really time crunch, just really slammed into that springtime, uh, period. But, uh, yeah, she, she, her eyes basically is what, what, what led me to believe that this was all wrong. And I've heard it time and time and time and time and time again, that, you know, this is a rare, a rarity, a rarity to say the least, you know, I'm an anomaly, uh, given my age, my you know gender, et cetera. Uh, that, you know, pancreatic cancer just isn't something that a 32 year old, uh, you know, healthy person would need to be concerned about typically, you know, so, so even, you know, what was the collapse of my gallbladder, you know, they, they essentially, you know, led to the idea that my insights were, were that of like a, like a 70 year old man, you know, that it, it just it wasn't adding up. This what All of what was going on didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. So
0: you get to that hospital, they decide like the, it's the gallbladder that's making you yellow. Do they even decide to do further testing screening to see the pancreas? Or do they say, all right, you need to get your gallbladder out because that's why you're yellow. That's why you have this pain. And well, then so- they go from there?
1: Or where does that so, so, so that, that being the premise to everything, they, they, you know, one thing did lead to a, to the other without it necessarily being in an effect to the other. So, um, you know, the, the gallbladder, you know, they, they, they ultimately deduced that it was something wrong with the gallbladder. They sent me in for a CT, etc. cetera. They saw that I didn't necessarily have gallstones, but that there yeah. was a spludge that was accumulating. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, then they, they went through and they followed through with a or a cholecystectomy. Uh, to remove it. Upon, uh, actually doing the cholecystectomy and cutting out my, uh, gallbladder, they then did a biopsy of the, uh, the bile duct, the actual, yeah. the, the connection, you know, portion, of the duct between the gallbladder itself and the small intestine. There is where, uh, any sort of, um, carcin- uh, carcinogenic cells were found, any sort of traces of anything. And it, this was again before any sort of mass or anything. This was all very, very just perfectly sequenced where, hmm. you know, it was, it was just perfect timing for everything. One thing didn't necessarily lead to the other, but uh, it was consistent in terms of timing. Colossusitis, colostectomy, got the biopsy, uh, then got the diagnosis. Ultimately, the diagnosis was prior to any sort of mass being even discovered, uh, even when I got a formal diagnosis. I got a formal diagnosis in June of 20, uh, 2021 from uh, what was my surgical oncologist here in Colorado Springs. And, it, I mean, it definitely rocked me. In, you know, it, it just didn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. You know, it, it just does definitely makes sense. It's, uh, I'm too young. I'm, you know, I'm too healthy. I'm too this. I'm too bad. But, Nonetheless, it's, it's happened. It's happened. It's happening. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here, I'm living through it. I'm going through it. And it is difficult for sure. Uh, you know, upon getting the diagnosis, it was, it was crunch time. You know, they, they, like I said, it was, it was a perfect sequence of events. So there, and there wasn't a mass, I mean, there wasn't a mass found yet. So, all these people, you know, basically just was overwhelmed with with, with, uh, with the possibility, you know, oh, well, you know, we, we caught it so early, you know, we caught it so, 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 so soon on, you know, maybe this is curative, maybe we can go ahead and, and get this, maybe we can go ahead and even keep from this developing into anything. And I mean, it was like rapid fire. With, within, within weeks, there was a, a, a finding, you know, the the mass had been Uh, you know flourished into into something discoverable on a on a ct um and this this was all uh this was done mid regimen of fulfirinox you know like i said we jumped right into treatment and fulfirinox was the first regimen they they wanted to throw at me i then found out later on fulfirinox is essentially the you know the end all be all kind of the top tier you know top tier top shelf uh (laughs) You know, a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah, cocktail, if you will, uh, to, to, go ahead and, and throw at me and, and man, I mean, it definitely took me out. It took me out. It took me out. And, and, and oddly enough, my, my, my tumor grew, uh, it literally doubled in size over the course of that regimen. Um, mm. it, it literally did. It, it didn't not only not do anything, it just allowed my tumor to grow. So that was disheartening, um, really, really, really hard. Um, but there was still hope. I don't, I don't even know how, I mean, between myself, you know, just this then really, really just trying to stay positive, you know, trying to grow this community then of, of support, um, trying to, trying to figure out what to do, really trying to, trying to understand the whys and, and, you know, what next, trying to figure out, you know, where to go with it you know do 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 i just accept it do i you know try to find another maybe maybe a holistic kind of cure you know yeah. i don't i don't know you know so so here i am you know finishing full Firinox and and then diving into then it was a uh, gemma Braxton was the the, the regimen to follow that and uh, that, that that too it was it was it was difficult my body worked with it it, it accepted it more so. I guess it was more lenient toward you know as far as the, the symptoms. It was more more forgiving rather. But you know ultimately I, at the end of the day I was bald. I did definitely lose every single hair on my body. You know it was uh, it was uh, it was <laughs> very much uh, a savings on haircuts that you know for those for those months. But uh, it, it, it was working. It seemed to be working. There, there was hope, you know, there was then that glimmer of hope again. It was the, suddenly it stopped. Suddenly my CA199, uh, which is the protein that is measured to, you know, kind of judge as to what the metabolism looks like of, uh, pancreatic cancer or, you know, that of a, of a tumor, of a mass, um, the production of it. They, yeah, it, it was, it was slowing down. In fact, it went from, Uh, what was a count of 1300 units per per milliliter down to 27 uh, units per milliliter, which I mean, you know, ultimately it's like the the range is I think from mid twenties to mid forties. So I was, I was there, I was there, you know, I was right there. Just, just the same. I was normal. So, you know, what, what does that mean? I don't, you know, I have no clue, you know, I was, I was just sitting there basically super excited, bald, not knowing, you know what, what then next? Everybody here, then all of the support I, I gathered. They're all asking, "What's next?" My, uh, my, my, my surgeons. You know, they, my surgeons, my nurses, everybody. All the research I did online, even, even my, my, my manager. Ironically, the, the guy, that, you know, the manager to the to the job I was working. They all, they all mentioned this, this one operation, you know, this, this one crazy operation. I didn't know what it was. It's, uh, it's the whipple. Like, hey, do you know what a whipple is? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what a whipple is. You know, I, I've got no clue. What, what's a whipple? You know, and, and so I, I just, I remember, you know, the eyes on my managers, my manager's face kind of lighting, lighting up and, you know, similar face to that of my, my, my nurses. And my my uh, my doctor, he explained to me what the, what uh, the surgical oncologist specifically he explained what the whipple was, and it scared me. I mean, it's it's terrifying. If you if you YouTube it, it literally. I mean, to me, you know, finding any clips online, it, it was similar to that of like a horror film. It really, it's a real life horror film. You know, it, it, there's there's nothing nothing to shortcut that. It, it's it was traumatizing to watch, and to know that 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 was done, you know, to me, too. You know, it was it was hard to sign up for, um, and unfortunately, the, the the surgical oncologist here in the Springs didn't even want to do it. He turned me down. He didn't even. He was scared. Like it was it was that it was gonna be that traumatizing. Ultimately, that that he didn't want any part of it.
0: So I just want to pause here for a second. <clears throat> you get this diagnosis and they throw you right on chemo and then they realize that there's a, there's a mass post chemo cuz they want to get you on chemo right away. They realize that there's cancer from the bile duct and then yep. eventually they they find the mass and they put you on this chemo regimen. They throw the kitchen sink of of chemo's at you, which is the fluorouracils which you know, most people, and this is the frustrating thing as an advocate, um, we have people that have come on that have done, you know, a lot of rounds, um, and don't have a lot of massive side effects, and then you have people that, you know, I, I, I mean, I know people personally that have done one round and then tapped out because it's that violent, or, or I wouldn't say violent, but virulent, right? You know, it just attacks the body, and and for those not familiar with that chemotherapy. Um, you know, it, it is the kitchen sink. It's super toxic. And and this is, you know, what you're going through. This, this this is what we we have. And this is kind of the frustrating piece as an advocate here is that we're not any better at, at treatment, at curative treatments, you know, with chemotherapies like other cancers. And, uh, you know, Flofarinox is not an easy treatment protocol at all. Um, and then they jump beyond gemabraxine, which again, <laughs> Uh, is a little bit less mild, I think, uh, but still again, the, the chemotherapy treatments for pancreatic cancer are super toxic. And then uh, and then now Whipple becomes kind of an option or was that was the Whipple discussed at any point prior to or was it like, hey, let's get through these chemotherapies first and let's see how the tumor reacts?
1: Um, it, was, it was a combination of the two. essentially, you know it was it was made mention from the very beginning. Um, that, you know, an operation was going to be like the way if, if there was anything, you know, a, a, again, they, they kind of introduced me uh, or, or, or had awoken me to, to the, the diagnosis, uh, made me aware of it by telling me that, you know, I'm kind of kind of as well, if you will, you know, excuse my French there's kind of there, there's it was just immediate. To, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other, just, I'm sorry. It, it was, it was a really difficult conversation. I remember it was really, really difficult. There was no shortcutting it. Um, but yeah, none, nonetheless, you know, after Jamabraxine, uh, after the, uh, the medical oncologist had literally said, wow, I don't think any of us really, you know, you know, we, none of us really, knew that it was going to work. You know, none of us really thought it was going to work or or work this well for that matter. So it went ahead and we got the results that I had. Again, my ca nineteen nine dropping to what it had. uh, The control of the growth of the tumor seemed to be, uh, you know, within grasp. It it looked like we got it stopped. Um, You know, everything was looking good. Everything was looking thumbs up. I was healthy. You know, I was doing as, as good as I can uh could be, you know, as far as my physical fitness and everything. I was still running and climbing and and, uh working out daily, uh eating healthy, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I was prime time, prime time candidate for a Whipple. And and unfortunately, although all the all the other boxes might have been checked off, uh you know, again that surgical oncologist down here, he 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 knew he knew that you know, the, the fact of the matter is, it's not the size of the mass or, or that, that, that matters. It's, it's where it was, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the mass uh, of a pancreatic, you know, in pancreatic cancer, it can be in the head, the, the, the mid portion or, or the tail. Mine is in the head of the pancreas, which unfortunately is also kind of, uh, it ties into a lot of other real big, uh, super important parts of your body. Um, you know, things like your spine and, and your, you know, major vein and, and major artery. So, you know, the simple fact is he, the, the surgical oncologist, knowing that he didn't want to jeopardize my life. He didn't want to risk, you know, putting me in a chair or, or worse, you know, killing me. So, and, and he told me, he told me outright, I don't want to kill you, Rich. I don't want to do this. So I tried to find someone that would, you know, ultimately he, he just gave me the referral he said you know this there's this guy in denver uh and there is there's there's a gentleman in denver who who actually is internationally known for removing specifically pancreases uh, or you know very difficult to remove pancreatic tumors mm-hmm. so it it again as far as convenience and the the timeline every single component just lining up seemingly for a home run you know, it, it, regardless of the diagnosis, regarding, regardless of my, of the, the fact that I was an anomaly, et cetera, you know, it, 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 it keeps on going back to like one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah. Oh, this is the, the most horrible thing ever in the world, but now it's seemingly, you know, you've got the most support and the best,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, realm of, of hope ever for, for, you know, your situation. So. You know, nonetheless, going back and forth, back and forth, you know, ultimately it did it did run, uh, come down to this Whipple. The Whipple was done uh, up in Denver by that other uh, other surgical oncologist, um, and that was March of 2022. So that was literally just this, you know, a few months back now, three wow. months back. Now.
0: So you're still in recovery mode then, I would imagine, from the Whipple.
1: You know... It's, it's unfortunate, but the Whipple, uh, did not go well, uh, at all. It did not go well at all. I, uh, for any complication, and I'm not trying to scare anybody out of, uh, having the Whipple performed because it truly is, as of now, the only, it is the only means of, of a curative, you know, solution for pancreatic cancer. And, and when in the right climate, when in the right, you know, when, when everything's in a line, it, it, a whipple will it can be curative. You know, it, yeah. it can it can elongate someone's life up to you know twenty five plus years. You yeah. know, for the right candidate. So you know, I, I still believe in it. But simple fact is, it didn't. It did not work well for me. It did not work out well for me at all. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I laugh because, yeah, I mean. Truly, like drastically, <laughs> the complete, I, I took on basically every complication possible. Uh, they opened me up in full as opposed to it being lap, lapascro- lap, laparoscopically lapros- done. Yeah. I was, I was opened up fully. Um, uh, I ended up getting infected. I ended up having oh. abscesses. I ended up having pockets of bill, uh, bio, uh, collect elsewhere. Um, and so, you know, immediately thereafter surgery, it was just, it was not good. It, it, not only that, they didn't remove the surgery, you know, the tumor, the tumor is still in there. They weren't able to, to protect it. So, you know, here, here I am having gone through what was basically the, 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 reconstruction of my entire upper GI tract and, and the, the, the tumor is still in there. Um, you know, so, so that's unfortunate for sure. Uh, but again, now, now I'm dealing with these complications. So one thing led to another all throughout the course of March, the entire course of March, I was in that hospital for, for the, enti- you know, typically a, a, a patient will be, uh, you know, five to 10 days thereafter, uh, a Whipple procedure. I was there for the entirety of the month because of how many, all the complications that I ended up running. Into. Uh, one thing led to another, and they needed to reopen me. They had to go in again a second time, clean up all the sutures, uh, do an abdominal wash. You know, ultimately, I don't know what happened, but there were perforations and my, all of the sutures ended up splitting and pushing out bile out into my system. I almost went septic. I mean, it was, it's, it is May 26th, and I am on a, on a, on a healthy cocktail of painkillers at this juncture with palliative care, just feeding them to me, uh, for the simple fact that I'm in pain 24 24 seven. I, I get, I have, you know, three hours of, of sleep at a, at a time. And that's really only after, you know, like a lot of, of, of pain meds. Um, yeah, it's, it's terrible.
0: Rich, um, I'm. Uh, I'm sorry to hear. Um, I, you know the Whipple, as you said, though, is the you know the the one surgery that we hope, you know, can eliminate the cancer um, by removing the tumors. So, post, did your surgeon say why they weren't able to get to the tumor, or did, did they start um, the to- did they start the Whipple and then realize like, hey, this is like too much? Because I and the only reason and you know hindsight and I'm not trying to beat you up, but this is just tr- uh, surely for you know education. I know yeah. from talking to doctors, a lot of times what happens sometimes with Whipples that go aborted um, is uh, you know what they see on the scan, they see on the scans, and then when they open things up and actually can visually see with an eye, uh, with the human eyes, should say they realize like, Hey, this is not what the scan looks like, you know, cause certain things weren't picked up, whether they see Mets or the size of the tumor or what, where the tumor is actually located to certain veins or arteries, right. It just becomes too complex. Um, So did the doctors give you any, like any feedback on why it was aborted and why there's been so many complications?
1: Well, so in, in regards to, you know, it, 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 it having been aborted was it, it exactly that you know what they saw on the screen didn't add up to what they saw in person you know they, they they opened me up in full and he even even made that comment uh right prior to the surgery you know but when we had our uh conference um you know just discussing how the surgery will go he uh he made that comment saying that uh you know ultimately it's it's it, it's it's gonna be you know th- these are the complications that, that can come up um, etc so when when he when he opened me up they opened me up um, I, I forget the, the phrase used but like again not not laparoscopically but in full you know to, to have me split open He made mention that the the head of the tumor or uh, what well, the, the tumor in the head of the pancreas was beyond i forget the phrasing but it was it was beyond where the parameters initially were that the ct allowed to show and and if he were to have tried to resect it with the entirety of the head basically it would have been a pancreandectomy, mm-hmm. a really da- a really dangerous pancreandectomy so I, w- I would have needed to remove the entirety of my, my pancreas. And that's not to say that he would have then just killed me, uh, by, by having, um, sliced through the, that, that major vein, major, major artery. Artery. I mean, yeah. It was, was too close. It was too close for comfort for him. Um, and this was post him slicing everything apart. You know, everything was all right by, by, by that juncture you've already done, done, did, you know, cut through the stomach the liver the the small intestine etc to get to the pancreas with you know which it, it sits deep in there so you yeah, know it, it you know all the damage was done on his behalf he uh he proceeded by sewing you know sewing me up um in the same fashion as a pancreas uh, as a whipple would normally be you know positioned um so basically i have all of the positioning of a whipple but again, without having actually had the results of a, a room tumor. Yeah, so that's that's that, it's incredible. I don't know, um, I don't know what's next. You know, I, I, I can't work anymore. I can barely drive. Uh, I am in pain all the time. I literally, I've got pain meds sitting in front of me. I mean, every day is just pain management. Every day is, you know, trying to uh, source, re, you know, source any sort of resources for rental, you know, rent assistance for, you know, stamps now for, you know, Medicaid, you know, all of these things that I I was, I was working full time when going through full fear and acts. I was working full time when going through Demabraxia, full time, 40 hours a week, just so I can keep my insurance. I wouldn't need to worry about anything and everything as such. So I was being that hopeful. I was working full time, even going through my treatment and everything. They were very, they were, you know, my, my, my employer was working with me as far as time off was needed, et cetera. But it was, it was fantastic. Everything else, again, order the, the, the sequence of everything. Perfect. Everything was, was lined up for a slam dunk. And yet here I am, like I said, just, just totally defeated uh like 50, 50 to 60 pounds lesser to to that of what I was about a year ago yeah on a on a podcast with you
0: <laughs> well i i hope we can help you get back on track and and we'll talk further about that offline here to help you um you know I've been doing this podcast now four years. Not to say that there's always a reason for why things happen, but uh, just hearing you tell your story, it's 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 pretty crazy because, uh, to say the least, as you said, you had all these things lined up and how these things happen, and you know. To say like that you got, you know, went into the urgent care, got your gallbladder out, then they realized you had the cancer, and then you, you know, you you had these steps kind of kind of fall in place for you. And then you have this massive like roadblock, you know, with this whipple disaster. I, I hope uh you can get back on track and and find comfort and you know, continue to to battle the beast or to battle the cancer, I should say, um, in a safe and 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 well place. And naturally, if we can help in any way, Rich, uh, we'd love to do that. I know you—you uh, you mentioned like support in talking about your journey there, like your manager. And I know from social media, uh, you've had kind of a, a group of friends kind of rally around. And uh, I, I want to kind of talk about that for a couple minutes here. You know, what's that been like? And 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 let's talk a little bit about, because I know there's like a disc golf uh, event going on and got some buds. It sounds like you're smiling. So hopefully that's a good thing there in Colorado, uh, helping you out and trying to help you get through this journey.
1: You know, so like all, all of this, and <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm definitely not trying to, trying to tear up any, any further. This has been, a very tearful year, <laughs> very, very, uh, you know, emotionally exhausting year. Um, so I'm trying not to cry, but, um, this, this is, this is ridiculous. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is, this is ridiculous to say the least. I, I, I have no clue why or how I, you know, what 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 museum you know what 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 literal warehouse of mirrors i feel like i've broken (laughs) you know like (laughs) i feel like you know i I ran through an entire uh warehouse of mirrors with a monster truck and just destroyed it and you know forever do am i am i doomed with just dink you know troubles just just perfectly convenient troubles but uh you you've mentioned all of the, you know, my man my manager, my support, my you know, these events, this 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 life I've I've developed. This year has been the most tremendous year of my life. Uh and I and I haven't even I I haven't allowed uh cancer to take that from me, fortunately. Um my my manager, uh Micah Katterson, he actually is a cancer survivor or cancer fighter, fortunately. He uh oh, fighter survivor his it's in um it's in recession you know it's uh or um i'm sorry uh <laughs> he's, he's he's no longer got to worry about it uh flaring up any further. he goes in for, for for checkups and whatnot but his tumor is uh uh oh i forget the word for it no. remission you,
0: he's in remission
1: there you yep. go thank you thank you his, his humor is in remission so you know him being a, a fighter him being so directly connected with me then and that has been awesome um he i mean without a, without a question I need time off need uh extra money even you know out of his own pocket you know need uh to come in late um i mean he's done everything for me he's uh, he's spoken to my nurses and 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 represented as you know for me on my my as a poa and uh you know he uh he's just been like literally like family just anything and everything there for me um and my coworkers too you know my co i didn't know what i was doing trying to sign up for any of this honestly for medicare unemployment renters uh, assistance or 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 food stamps or anything so you know here i am coming out of my surgery just freaking out not knowing how to take care of myself you know how i was going to afford rent or anything i thought i was going to end up in the streets. and and my co-workers they signed me up for everything they literally just they 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 signed me up for everything they managed to acquire everything for me they they got anything and everything taken care of with the state uh, with medic you know with insurance uh, they've got all of all of the benefits they possibly could for me signed up um you know got me signed up for and then some so I mean again just incredible and this this was just at work this was literally just you know I, this was three, four people um you know I I'm, I'm on social media just like anybody and everybody else and and you know I've got Facebook and Instagram and, and YouTube and whatever and uh, be, being being immunity compromised, you know, having my, my immunity compromised, I try to stay in, I try to, you know, try to keep events, you know, I've been, I'm leery of, of what I do as far as, you know, being social. So I do a lot of stuff on online, I make funny videos or whatever, funny TikToks, um, you know, funny YouTube clips and whatnot. Uh, I've actually developed a Patreon to help explain some of the crazier more in depth portions of the of the medical portion of it all, um, you know, give more background of myself, even even well above and beyond this, uh, so people, you know, again know where I, I came from, even if they, you know, so interested. Um, but you know, I, I went ahead and I started a GoFundMe. I, you know, that that has since generated like fifteen grand, and 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 that's not just friends and family; that's literally just strangers. You know, these are these are people that are just just flocking to my, you know, to the to the story. These are people that these are friends and friends of friends. These are people from across, you know, across the pond. I, I've literally got someone in Australia that that is, uh, you know, gone ahead and, and and hit me up through the through my direct messages. And, and he said, you know, how much of an influence I am. and And my strength is is, you know, so encouraging to him and this and that. Another gentleman. Uh, mentioned his daughter who unfortunately passed away. And, and, you know, again, he, he he reached out and, and, you know, with his thoughts and prayers, just so incredibly beautiful, telling me how he's gotten, like, how I've got his support in, in all of this too. It's, it's just, it's been the reflection of it all has really been the most beautiful thing a human could ever see, you know, like everybody's so caught up in politics, so caught up in, 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 you know, COVID this and, and one thing or another that, or, you know, I don't know, money. This, this year, I mean, I, I ended up in the, in the ER like six times. Um, I've come down to my last dollar. And, and not been able to afford, you know, gas or anything. And I mean, you know, today I, I sit here with not having to worry about any of that. I mean, I've got so many friends that call me and check in on me. I, you know, I need to turn my notifications off sometimes because they just daily check in on me and then text me and, and come by and drop off food and, uh you know everybody knows my address now everybody's come by I've, I, had, uh, I i had a i i had a this this one one friend in particular and i want to i want to thank her for i mean directly and specifically but megan white she uh she really like stepped up more than anybody more than i could have ever asked anybody and and she she actually went so far as to get the entire neighborhood involved she walked up and down the streets and got got uh, donations from all the local companies, hundreds and thousands of dollars from all these local boutiques. And then in her uh, restaurant bar that she helps manage, they they ran a whole fundraiser. There was live music, there was karaoke, and there was—I mean—just so much love in there. Packed house. The the owners had me, you know, up, up front. They, the entire night was all about me. I mean, it was, it was incredible. It was, sorry. I'm just, I'm totally just a hot mess. This, (laughs) I'm telling you this, this year has been tremendous. It's, I can't even think about the idea that I probably won't, that I probably won't make it, that I might not make it, that I, and I might not survive another year. I might not see thirty-three. But man, like I don't know I, I I couldn't I couldn't trade this year for for the world.
0: It's pretty powerful what you just said, Rich. Not to repeat what you said, but uh, I don't know how many people could say that. And to hear you say that you're having the best year of your life, given what you just explained over the last, you know, I don't know how long, we've, I'm looking at the timer here, 48 minutes, you know, the, the, the hell you've experienced and the, you know, being your age and going through what you've gone through, your experience, its uh, it's pretty profound, man. You know, as we record this and, uh, you know, what's going on in the world today with so much divisiveness and people, you know, having a lot of issues. But to hear that, those words, man, I hope our audience listening at home and for those that will watch us on YouTube can really appreciate how powerful those words are. You know, the battle you've gone through and that you're going through. But to say like, hey, this has been the best year of my life because of the love and the strength that you find in, in friends and in strangers is, is, is really something really special. And you know what? I don't know how many people can say that, you know, going through life, you know, and some people live a long, long time. And I don't know if they've ever experienced that. I got uh, two questions left for you and then we want to share where people can connect and, and help you out. And, and, and as well as connect with you on social media, these next two questions are, uh, I always say they're, they're somewhat loaded. There's no right or wrong. Um, I may have a third question now that just popped into my head. Sure. Let's go there first. You mentioned, uh, a lot of things and, uh, I guess this is kind of twofold in this this question. What are maybe some of the things that you've done over this time to kind of manage the roller coaster of emotions? Is there is any advice you'd give with that aspect of you know going from you know being super active, like you said, you were working out, active, get kind of get you get sidelined, you're still able to work, then. You know, you go through this this surgery process, and you know all the complications that you've experienced. You know, it's this roller coaster of emotions that you've been on. Is there any advice that you give to someone listening on maybe what work what has worked for you, or maybe it hasn't worked for you? I mean, that, that that's kind of unfair to say like what's worked. Maybe maybe it hasn't worked for you, and how have you dealt with that?
1: Well, uh, so, so two things. What what has worked for me at least in terms of, of kind of wrangling my emotions. It, it, I would say in a nutshell, consistency. Um, and, and, you know, what I mean by that is, is, you know, again, just not, not trying to change too much. You know, my, my world was rocked to say the least. It was, it was rocked when, when I got my diagnosis and then, I mean, just, repeatedly beat time and time and time again with with the news of one you know one uh regimen or one um you know the the news of one thing or another affecting me or or rather maybe not affecting me you know not having an effect on me so keeping consistency in my own personal life things like working out you know I, i was keeping at the gym religiously I I actually adopted that nutrition just because, uh, you know, I felt right. So, so kept consistency in my diet. Uh, you know, again, I I was working full time, so I wasn't going to pull away from that. I continued work full time. So I didn't, I didn't want to pull away from any of those things. Um, I enjoyed working on my vehicles. I enjoyed working, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, live music and, and et cetera. So all of those things consistent, 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 cause the rest of the world that i was forced into that's that's a nightmare that i that that no one uh can control unfortunately once once you're um you know once once your hand is 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 dealt and and you're uh you know you're you're needing to to, to put on your your big boy pants and battle battle cancer. there's no uh there's no shortcut in that you know you're you're that's that life but it shouldn't take away from, from, you know, what you had originally. Um, What didn't work for me was listening to everybody else. You know, um, a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people want to give a a really wholehearted opinion. You know, it's, it's never um, with ill intent that they, that that a person is going to give, you know, bad advice, but, uh, you know, for, for someone that has cancer, at least I, I'd, I'd hope not, you know, that, that, that person wouldn't, you know, a person wouldn't do that to someone else, but yeah, listening, listening to other people was, uh, was a tricky, tricky beast. Um, there were people that I wanted to give all the credit to in the world and think, you know, Oh, well, this person's, you know, obviously super healthy or, you know, I respect them in this, that or another, in this realm and this, you know, area of my life. So, you know, maybe, you know, their opinion in this, that, and another is going to matter. You know, maybe I should, you know, really consider their, you know, how they would uh, take on this piece, you know, how they would maybe take on a diet or a workout regimen, or, you know, if they would go through surgery, if they would, you know, do this and that. So um, listening to other people uh, really got out of hand, really got uh, into my head and started to be overly conflicting so if i can give any suggestion and be you know listen to your gut first your gut first your nurses second and then you know take take suggestions outside of that with a grain of salt
0: yeah i think it could be very overwhelming from friends right uh initially and you know i think we've talked a lot about this topic and i think what you said is awesome uh because A lot of times I get calls or we get calls here at the foundation, my neighbor got diagnosed, what can I do? And I think people don't know and they throw up, right? Or they want to give their opinion. Like you said, they may think they're doing the right thing, but you have to be very careful, right? Because patients are already overwhelmed. Um, and you know, if they have a support system, they probably have someone in their support system that is the knowledge person, right. That's doing research or maybe they're doing the research. Right. So yeah, it becomes really, really tricky, man. And I I think sometimes like, it's very easy to overwhelm a patient with, um, like analysis paralysis, I guess I would say would be the term, right. You know, and, and, and and you can add us as friends or as trying to be patient advocates can add to that analysis paralysis which is not a good thing
1: yeah yeah no absolutely that's that's exactly where i was it was it was a lot it was overwhelming um it it, it actually started conflicting with my real you know, like or becoming conflicting in my own relationships with these people Yeah, you know I, I just i had to you know tell tell one person or another to just you know kindly <laughs> you I'm know good. keep to themselves yeah like you know, the, you know I, I appreciate all the all the love but Yes, I'm, I'm good.
0: <laughs> and I think so. that's, uh, you know, something for those caregivers that are listening and, and maybe you can speak to this, Rich. I know I have heard from survivors probably the best thing that people can do for someone going through, you know, these journeys is just be normal. And, you know, if like you used to come over and talk sports, come over and talk sports. Don't talk about pancreatic cancer. Or in your case, you know, Jeeps, like, hey, let's go off-roading, you know, let's talk about like what mods we're going to put on the Jeep or, you know, what we've got to fix or, you know, what what new models coming out. Uh, let's do that versus talking about pancreatic cancer.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. My life every day is is pancreatic cancer, you know, so it's, it's, it's a full-time job that has a part-time job and a hobby. You know, I don't, I don't want to deal with, with cancer in every single, you know, conversation I have. So, you know, when I, when I get the opportunity to speak to people, maybe they don't even necessarily know that I have cancer. It's a great day. You know, it's, it's, it's a great time for sure. So any, anybody that is listening out there, caretakers or, you know, a uh, friends and family that, that are, you know, unfortunately have a diagnosis, you know, bring, bring anything else to the table, please. And it's going to be a better day.
0: <laughs> well, so on that note, I've got a question. I got, I got one question we're going to throw in here because I want to go on that note. And then sure. I got our last question. So I know you're a four by four guy, Jeep guy, if you had to choose, and I, and, and I, I'm not a big, Jeep guy, my, I get it more from my kids because my kids are into cars right now. I I am a I am kind of a Jeep guy, like in the sense I I do love going four by four. And when I had the opportunity um, in a former life, I was really blessed to go overseas and did a Range Rover test drive, like in Scotland on this four by four course, which was sick. I didn't know mm-hmm. Range Rovers Range Rovers can do those kinds of things. So with that being said, oh, yeah. and I, so I've been watching TikTok throughout the last couple months. And uh, I, got, I guess because my likes, because you like, and then you start to see similar. I saw this thing. So I'm going to bring it up because I know you're into four by fours. If you had to choose Jeep, Toyota, Range Rover, or Porsche to go off-roading, what, which brand would you choose and why? Ooh, well, and, and I just saw this crazy video of the Porsche, like the SUV and, and, and We'll preface this as like, let's assume too, like you can trick these things out. You can spend not, we're not talking base models, but you can trick them out. You can put thirties on them. You can lift them. You can put, you know, tubular bumpers on them and all the kind of crazy uh, mods that you can do to these vehicles.
1: Sure. Um, so uh, it's, I think, you know, answering that question, having only owned Jeep, I feel biased. Uh, you know, answering it, but, you know, in, in my direct opinion, it, it would still probably be Jeep. And this is why uh, in, in my personal experience with vehicles uh, and, and off-roading, at least where I am at in my off-roading endeavors, uh, I prefer what is a solid axle on a, on a mm-hmm. front end vehicle and the, the Toyota uh, the Porsche and I forget what else you had made mention. Range Rover. The Range Rover, all of which great vehicles, great manufacturers, none of which I can afford, but, you know, <laughs> disregard, <laughs> just, just, disregarding the cost, uh, all of the, you know, all of those vehicles, they have, uh, an independent front, uh, suspension design, which, you know, ultimately does limit you at one point or another, uh, you know, regardless. You know, basically, you're just going to get really deep into the weeds of some heavy fabrication yeah. to do what I would do equivalently with on a Jeep with uh, simple bolt-on stuff, you know. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's
0: just kind I of love it. I uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, back in 2014, we had the, the big snowstorm here in New England. I think it dumped like 32 inches in literally like 24 hours or 48 hours, right. which was nuts. And at the time, I owned a, a Rubicon, extended right. cab Rubicon. And uh, it was piled. I mean, there was literally snow over the uh, the front hood. That's how much from drifts and stuff. It was crazy. So I ended up, you know, getting enough snow out of, uh, you know, to get into it. And I locked that thing in four low, man. And I literally rocked it back and forth, back and forth till it eventually got through. And it was probably about 10 feet of, of uh, snow to get to the street and uh i i i i probably did a lot of damage that day but that beast that jeep was a beast man it was just unbelievable that thing and that that would be my off-roading experience i never was brazen to like take it into like you know the mud pits here in connecticut like there's some areas like you can go off-roading in the woods it's probably a lot different than it is in colorado but i just remember that snowstorm and that thing was it was my third car that i had at the time um, but it was a beast, man. It was awesome. I loved that thing. I, I wish I still had I wish I never gave it up, but uh, at the time, it was the right decision to make.
1: Sure. Last, go.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last question here, um, and there's no right or wrong to this, and, and this is, uh, again, a loaded question, as I say, but how do you define the term pancreatic cancer? What's your definition of it? And again, there's no right or wrong.
1: I think I, I'd like to go back to, you know, as I made mention before, or um, well, at, the, at the very, very beginning of, uh, of this podcast, of this recording, um, pancreatic cancer is the cancer that people are referring to In, in the movies, in the episodes of Grey's Anatomy, in the episodes of, of House, in, in, you know, in, in a, in a, in a sad novel, uh, in, in a, you know, in what have you, you know, the pancreatic cancer is the, 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 the style of cancer or the means of cancer that people ultimately, uh, see the fear. You know, that, that's when, that's when the fear is developed. There's the, the stats, uh, you know, suddenly become, you know, un, undigestible. You, you can't, you, you can't even swallow, you know, uh, a diagnosis of, of pancreatic cancer. Anybody and everybody else, you know, you, you, if you get a, t- a diagnosis of one thing or another, uh, you know, say testicular cancer, for instance, not to say, not to belittle that by any means at all at all on on any level but you know that conversation I imagine follows up with you know more often than not sir I'm sorry but you have you know xyz cancer you know let's say again for instance testicular cancer but in 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 my in, in my instance there was no but and and it doesn't seem like there is very there's not a but very often at all you know the fact that I even had an attempt at a Whipple uh, is apparently still very much a godsend. It's still very much, you know, I was still lucky to have experienced the opportunity for it to even maybe have happened. So yeah, pancreatic cancer is definitely the cancer that cancers are scared of.
0: Powerful stuff, Rich. If our audience watching or listening at home uh, would love to connect with you, follow you on social media, donate to your GoFundMe, um, where's the best place for them to do that? I know you're on Instagram. I know we mentioned that, but um, I know that, I think there's two pages, um, but uh, why don't we give that to our audience?
1: Sure, absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and, and lead with my Instagram. You can find me at that.is.rich, R-I-C-H. Uh, it is uh, just a, it's a little project that I've had going now for for a while. It, it discusses uh you know a lot of what I've been going through in my journey of uh pancreatic cancer, but it also dabbles in a lot of uh my own personal life and, and some of you know the more fun ventures and whatnot as I as I go through travels and journeys, uh you know, adventures here in, in uh Colorado. Um there there is also a YouTube. You can find me there on YouTube. Again, that is rich being the uh the main tagline there. Uh and I and I have other such uh means as uh a TikTok uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, etc. All of which that is rich. Very simple. I'm a slice of cake, a slice of, of, of rich chocolate cake on uh, on my icon. You can't uh, can't miss it.
0: And you've got links there to uh, your blog, your website, your YouTube. So uh, that's yep. the best place for you there. Um, and that brings you to also your GoFundMe page as well, which is awesome. So that is rich. Uh, that dot is dot rich, um, yep. and even if you type in uh rich serrano s e r r a n o, it comes up so awesome, Rich. Thank you for uh sharing your journey here on the Project Purple podcast. It's been an honor for me to, to share your journey with our audience and hopefully the, the, the world um that sees this and hears this. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, being as young as you are, as we said. You know, we talked before. Um, you know, I, I can't fathom. I can't fathom someone. Uh, I can't fathom anyone, but especially, I don't know, there's something when young people get this disease. My dad was 68 when he was diagnosed. So that's kind of what I relate to. And and whenever I meet people under that age, um, I just can't fathom it. Um, but as I said, you know, the survival rate's 11%. And there's nothing out there that says you're not part of that 11%, man. So uh, it was an honor to have you here as a guest. And uh, I look forward to following your journey from afar and uh, maybe one day meeting with you and going out there in Colorado and and doing some four by four or maybe some disc golf.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to have you. love to show you around.
0: Rich, thank you for being a guest on the Project Purple podcast.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Dino.
0: That's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. If you like what you here today or what you viewed on YouTube, feel free to follow us and feel free to share this episode. Thanks for listening. And until next time, please be safe. That's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast.